0: Welcome to SIN 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey, Sarah, we're back.
1: Yes, we are.
0: Once again, doing what we really like to do a bunch.
1: Trying not to use excited again.
0: Yeah, I am. I need a broader vocabulary, but I am. Me (laughs) too. So, what have you been up to? What have you been? What you got going on these days?
1: Yeah, well, was in L.A. a couple weeks ago. I got to do something with the Hollywood Prayer Network. Oh, wow! Celebrating 20 years. If you're in the film or the creative industry, go check them out. Hpn. I believe is their website. Anyways, I just plug them because they're awesome. Yeah. But I've, I've been connecting with people there and going on vacation with my family. So it's been a stressful, but great
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like family. Stressful, yet yeah, great. Yeah. How are you, Kevin? So, so good. Seriously good. I have 19 or 20 grandchildren. But last night, Evangeline Dawn Heilman turned 10. Woo-hoo. And we had them over and celebrated her tenderness, and it was hilarious fun I, I love my grandkids so it's been it's been good
1: that's great and we're excited too. not only because we have a special guest today but our podcast has been doing really well we've gone over five thousand downloads thanks to you guys listening right now we just want to thank you for sharing it we're so glad that it's been blessing you and if you've been with us from the beginning you'll remember kevin telling a story kind of the journey in learning to share his faith more openly and really go after people was he was in a costco he got this vision from the lord and he ended up at a courthouse in el cajon yeah it
0: was a need prayer table like got milk need prayer and uh, (laughs) the
1: cop came one time with a gun. We have a fun story about that in one of the episodes. And he very subtly mentioned that from that, there was another person that was inspired to do that downtown San Diego courthouse.
0: My good friend who's here.
1: Francisco Bravo.
0: Welcome to Scent315. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Francisco is a servant evangelist, and I'm sure the only person I know who has written his own concordance to his Bible. And on top of that, it seems like for so many years, any prayer meeting that I ever went to, Francisco was already there at the (laughs) prayer meeting. You know, Francisco, we've been in other parts of the world together, just simply going where the Lord called us to go. I remember praying with you on the beach in Cuba, right? And the thing about it is, I see you live the Bible, pray the Bible more than anybody that I know. And I'd like to jump into this because I'm not sure if I actually even know this about you. How did you give your life to the Lord? Well, back in 1981,
2: I had a desire to know more about God. I was in another denomination, Catholicism, and I kept asking the priest questions, very inquisitive and kept hearing, that's not for you, just listen to the gospel on Sunday and don't don't read. And when someone t- tells me not to do something, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> challenges me and say, oh yeah? So I got a hold of a Catholic edition Bible and I started reading it. And I didn't know thou if it begotten this. And so I um, was going to uh, the leadership of the church and again no, 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 that's not for you, it'll just confuse you. But I made it a point that, okay, Lord, I don't know anything about this. I'm a young man, I'm just gonna dedicate the first hour of each day to read this book. Show me, tell me, lead me. All I knew was the Lord's Prayer, the Rosary, what we were taught at that time. And as I read, 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 and for three years, I got nothing. I was so discouraged, felt I was all alone. And I got invited to a Bible reading church, And that's when God just opened the floodgates and wow, it just came all up. And then everything I read, it was just there. Kind of like the computer now, hard drive, everything was there and it all made sense. But I think the patience, the endurance, three years reading every morning for one hour, I can look back, I saw that just to talk with Jesus, like he's here right next to me. That's what was happening. I just made him real and he was like at my side. And I said, okay, Lord, what does this mean?
1: that season how did you push through you said you kept reading every day for three years a lot of people give up way before that i feel like that's really relevant to what a lot of people can be going through in the faith journey like myself i've kind of realized in relationship with god you have ups and downs and there's certain parts where you're asking questions and you're looking a little deeper in that stage when you were asking those questions so how did you keep going
2: The continuing and not giving up, that seems to be my character. I want to see this to the end. But what I found was I could put on worship music and play it in the house. I can read five hours a day. I was doing a lot of the external stuff, but the inward Again, feeding the Spirit. Yes, faith cometh by hearing the Word of God, and then reading, giving that time, and the Lord honors that. I was doing the audibly, hallelujah, Lord praise you, and Lord, we need your help, but the inward man, I was not taken care of. But when I came across the verse that says, the kingdom of God is within you, that's when the three-year mark, that's when it hit me a different way, the kingdom of God is within me, inside, the inside man. It's your heart, it's your soul, it's deep within you. Now my prayer is this, verse in the Bible says, you will give me a new heart, a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. Give me a heart of flesh and be able to receive you. That was the transition there when I started realizing the doing and then what to ask in prayer and how to receive
0: it. One thing that I do know about you is that you took that step of faith and that hunger that you had. The family members, I think they refer you, or at least back then, called you Father Frank. Father Frank. Father <laughs> Frank. How is that? Because a lot of people that listen are in that very same position. They're passionately in love with Jesus. And of course, they want to share that in a a way that is effective. And what's your journey been like being in a family where maybe everybody wasn't on the same page with you?
2: They're watching you. They really are. Initially, I thought I was supposed to, hey, Jesus, come to the Lord, make him your Lord and Savior. And you know, no, I found that was not my role, but my role was silently. When we'd gather for family events on Sundays, I'd go to service, excuse myself. Little did I know, as when I would leave, then they would start with the mockings of, there goes Father Frank, toto. there he goes, <laughs> and Mr. Holy Holy. And, and I learned that later from other families. I learned of family events that I wasn't invited to. I felt sad because my family was excluding me. But then the certain individual said, you were better off not attending because all they do is mock you and that's the thing. So I, I realized my role was not to push or force the relationship with Jesus Christ, but just by example. In silence, but my presence was there. Calamity, whenever something would occur, they were drawn to me. Would you pray for me? You're closer to God than I know, and oh, no, I'm not closer than you. We're all at the same level. Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, you know, we're all at the same level. Jesus is so close to us. That was my witnessing. Even friends who would invite me to the parents' homes for Thanksgiving, Christmas celebrations. I remember uh, Mr. Artiaga. He had received news that it didn't look good, and I apologized to him that I didn't lead any of them to Jesus, and he says, you did better. You always." treated us equal or better. You always came to our home and you broke bread with us. Yes, we were drinking and we were partying, but it didn't bother you. You know, we respected you that you didn't drink and it was fine. But he says, every time you came over, we always talked about you. I spoke to my wife. I like this man. He's a good influence for my boys. And again, God was confirming my role was just be there.
0: Yeah, and, and to be there without judgment, right. that's a really important point that I've seen in your life, and and that it's critical, because sometimes we, you know, we're looking down on people, and oh, they're all heathen and everything, and how effective is that?
1: Yeah, in the culture of church, sometimes we can get that mindset, like you're talking about, Kevin, where it is like, oh, the heathens, and it's us versus them, and we've got to pull them out to be one of us. How do you stand that perspective of, hey, I have a relationship with Jesus, but we're all on the same level before god theirs looks a little different but i can be this light how do you live there
2: well first off what we hear from pastors uh, all the time is read your bible stay in the spirit the way we feed the flesh the body food we also have to feed the spirit be careful what goes in through the eye be careful what goes in through the ear it does take root and it does lead you down sometimes the wrong path. So dedicating my life and reading the Bible and even family and friends, I, I tell them that's one thing that I, I try to share with people I encounter is you'd be surprised what's in the Bible. Just read it five minutes a day. Don't go six and don't go an hour. That's not for you. <laughs> Just five minutes. There's the challenge. Just five minutes a day and God will start revealing more of the mysteries of... You both know. You read the scripture and time later you come back read the same scripture verse. It's something different. God has taken root, and even you could see there's so much more to it. Those words, for me, I take them personal. Scripture verses have an impact on your life when you're going through any struggles, when you're going through the highs and the lows. And whenever I'm going through something challenging, I'm
0: not alone. You could do the same challenge with five minutes in the Bible and you could do that same thing with somebody. You know what, try out five minutes a day of prayer, which for some people would be really, really challenging. But if you really believe that God answers prayer and that our warfare is not straightening out my brother-in-law who's an idiot, warfare is in the spiritual dominion and going after that and that God will answer those prayers and you're partnering with them in it, sometimes that can help sustain you when it seems like you're not seeing fruit in your Mm -hmm. family context. I want to dig into a little bit of servant evangelism. I think it's the diabolical style of evangelism because it's really hard to argue with somebody who's lovingly serving you. Uh, I've seen you do it a ton of times, and I wanted to ask you if you could um, give some encouragement and maybe a little bit of direction that would help people engage in serving others. I found
2: myself at times saying, Lord, that's not my problem. I didn't make them. You did. You deal with them. And I honestly, I didn't, you know, you see homeless people, you see needs, even in the mission field going out and and speaking with Pastor Dave one time. And I said, you know, many people have that longing, desire, that hunger with tears I want to go and I want to serve and I want to do. And I said, Pastor Dave, I don't have that. Maybe you should ask them because <laughs> I, I have this deadness for these people. And he says, well, why do you go? I said, well, because you asked me. And he says, just because I asked you. I said, yeah, my respect for you as my spiritual leader. He paused and he says, well, thank you. And he says, I'll tell you a story in the Bible. This father asked his two sons and he asked the first son, son, would you go and take care of this need I have? And he said, OK, father, we will do and he never did. And he asked his second son, son, would you go and do this for me? And he says, I'm too busy right now, but if I have time later. Well, so Pastor Dave is saying, which of the two sons are you? The one that says, yes, I'll go. I've got that desire. Or the one that held back and said, "Mm, okay, maybe. He says, you're the second son. You put your life on hold to take care of somebody else's yeah. and without me even aware of it and i'm like i'm that one he goes yeah you're that one there's all those people that cry come to me and say i want to go and i want to help and i want to do they have the desire they never sign up and again in my prayers like lord i want to live in a way that i don't care what everyone thinks about what i do or don't do but i want to live to please you and you looked over jerusalem and you wept and so it's like to have such a, a deep sadness for what you saw. Yeah. What I
0: hear you saying, and I've seen it in you, is that you don't have to work up the feeling. It's all ooey-gooey compassion. You go out of obedience. You go because you're asked to go. Jesus said, the Father sent me. I'm sending you. So and that's how you end up in pretty amazing places on an adventure. Your faith comes alive when you walk in it, when you do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just can see it like you have this inner faith and strength in God. Over time, it seems like to me, you've really gotten to know the heart and the character of God, and that's just been outflowing to others. I'd love for you to share one of those stories that you have. I mean, you've already shared a few great ones, but an example like this, and maybe it's on one of those trips where you did something, you said yes, even though you didn't feel like it, which is so powerful and important.
2: You know, we hear oftentimes that we are God's hands. We are an extension of Jesus' hands. So if he told his disciples far and greater things than these things that I've done, will you do? I want to go. I want the challenge. Okay, Lord, let's see it. And so the orphanages here in Tecate showing up with cans of meat or potatoes and Sister Martha to say her words. How did you know? And I'm like, all I said this morning was, Lord, let me make a difference in somebody else's day. Not knowing what was going to transpire, get into the orphanage orphanage. The sister there, a Catholic nun, just looking after the the boys at the orphanage, Nazareth. It's across from the dump, which is across from the prison, the outskirts of town. No one wants to see. And her words, how did you know? She says, just this morning, our conversation was, we're all out of food. What are we going to do? And one of the other sisters there, she says, God will provide. And so I guess I was the guy. You're the provision. And so I, I can't tell you, but again, the simplest prayer, Lord, let me make a difference in somebody's life today. And even a pastor, a local pastor, and I just felt I need to bless him. Don't go to his church. But I waited and waited and they were searching for him an hour, maybe two. I don't know. It didn't seem long to me, but he shows up. You're still here. I said, yeah. And we're talking across the table. Later, he described it that we never lost eye contact. I pulled out my checkbook a check is writing itself he said (laughs) (laughs) and I slid the check over to him he says what is this for I said it needs to be done and he's looking at it and goes why did you do this they're faithful tithers three of the top uh, were relocated and they were in dire straits again my prayer was Lord if I could just make a difference in somebody's day
0: I don't know if you, people who are listening can hear it. It's not easy for Francisco to talk about himself doing something. <laughs> Seriously, this is quiet, powerful kingdom advancing acts of kindness and service. I mean, the reason he's telling us is just to help the people that are listening. And there's a lot of people, Francisco, that this resonates with because they don't think they're doing anything. They don't think they're doing much. And some people feel guilt and shame, like I'm not out on a street corner, I'm not this or that. But these are the kind of things. You're saying you sat at that church and they were looking for him for an hour or two before you got to sit down with them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And he thought, who would wait? Who are you? What's, what's <laughs> who would, going on?
2: But again, it, it was waiting on God, waiting on the Lord, what he was doing. Easily I could have, you know, been walking in the flesh and say, this is too long. I gave him 15 minutes.
0: But it just seemed like seconds. Yeah. It seems like you're entering into a God moment. People are kind of getting a clue of playing with Francisco and what it's like, right? But what about that pastor story? You know, I'm so busy, I'm running around and I'm losing financial givers at church and that's going to unpack what we can do for the Lord. And this guy has been sitting waiting for me for over an hour and this is what happened. It's so cool to think about the other person's version of that story
1: yeah i have a question and it's more of a practical question how do you find the resources to be so giving with your time and financially because i feel like there's a lot of people listening right now going i want to be like francisco i want to just go wherever and do whatever but i feel like i can't because i have so much to do and i only have so much how do you manage that with the lord more on a practical level
2: Well, God only uses what we have. He doesn't expect us to go out, and. but he uses what you have. I'm looking around my house. I'm looking at all the things that I could discard. The stuff that I have not used, that's junk to me that's the truth that came from a story at the orphanage and was walking around my garage and i'm looking and i found three iron rakes you know for gardening and i thought what do i take (laughs) lord what do i take and it just seemed like every corner i went to there was a rake and i counted three and i'm thinking how did i get three well, getting to the orphanage and Sister Martha, I asked her for the next trip out here, what could I bring? One guess. What do you think she asked for, Sarah?
1: Three rakes.
2: <laughs> Iron rakes. I mean, I could kick myself. <laughs> I came back home, got the rakes, took them, because God was, He was revealing it to me. So when we're going to Cuba, I said the same thing Lord, I want to take something that's going to change someone's life. I find one of those old metal can openers with the point at one end and then the other side for bottles. So I see it there in the kitchen, and I haven't touched it in four years. And I thought, again, I'm just going to discard my junk. That's the truth. And getting there, we had taken also some canned peaches. Pastor's wife says to the daughter, go and open this up and we'll, you know, share it. And the little girl, she says, mom, it's going to hurt me. I don't want to hurt my hand. And I'm clueless to what this means. So I said, how would it hurt your hand? My mind is thinking, put it under the electric can opener (laughs) Uh and boom, boom, boom. She says, no, we don't have electric can openers here. Describing it, she says, I have one daughter hold the can on the table, spins it, and the And my other daughter, she gets a knife, puts it on top, and starts pounding it with the palm of her hand. It's so callous. So I went to my backpack, and I said, wait. And I brought them this can opener, (laughs) and they didn't know how to use it. So I showed them, and the little girl says, I never have to hurt my hand ever again.
0: Boy, if you're listening, you hear the whisper of God's voice on a can opener and rakes. Sarah, you might be right. You know, I want to be like Francisco. But I also can hear people say, oh, I can't do that. I'm too busy or I don't have the resources or whatever. And the deal is just like fish and loaves. You give him what you've got. He breathes on it. And it's an adventure. Like you can't live without stepping into it.
2: Making yourself available. God starts opening these doors of opportunities for him to say, let me show you what I can do. Their little treasures, they're little morsels. I I don't reflect on it as being jewels in a crown waiting for you. But biblically, it's in there. But I just see like opportunities to seek God's hand.
1: So I know there's been times in you following the Lord's leading and bringing stuff to people. I'm sure even, you know, you kind of mentioned with your family that you've been rejected there. They mock you and things. Have you ever had a time where you brought something to somebody and it didn't go so well?
0: (laughs) Sarah Love's fails, Francisco, just so you know.
1: Yeah, if you have a story you can tell it, but if not it's fine, but I'd love for you just to share how you've dealt with that rejection and those moments where mm. you don't get to see how impactful it is for somebody.
2: I've been blessed with a wife at the age of 60, never been married. I missed out on a lot, but I was serving the Lord in, in different capacities, and I know when he said, "Francisco, I have another assignment for you. Your ministry is, you're going to take care of my daughter, which is my wife, Joanne. Lovely, lovely. Oh, her spirit, her heart. Her She's a nurse at Kaiser. Just, I mean, the Lord is using her in incredible ways, far beyond me. Again, I call it my ministry, taking care of my wife in anything, if I could sweep or vacuum so when she gets home, we have time together to sit and enjoy each other. I know growing up in a Hispanic household where men don't do the domestics and men don't wash dishes. And, but you know what? I love it. All of it. And even to hear her one day saying as she paces back and forth, there's nothing for me to do. I said, you're taking care of God's stuff at the hospital. I'm taking care of the stuff here. Also, I'm loving being a grandfather. I really love it. My granddaughter, Emma, she loves Santiago of the Sea. And there are no Santiago of the Sea piñatas because Santiago of the Sea is new. I mean, September 17th is when the first anything's going to be coming out. Well, I found this piñata of this little cowboy, western hat, boots. I get this and those streamers for parties, craft paper. So I finished it up like Santiago, a pirate, my wife. She comes home and she says, what are you doing? She says, you have too much time in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you a job. Your retirement. No, no. I felt so bad. That rejection part, I felt like I let her down. But I thought, you know what, Lord? It's not for her. It's for the little one. So hung out there in the garage. And the car pulled in. And Emma's in the back seat. And she looks over. And she yells out, Santiago, Santiago. And for the party, all the kids were, Santiago. <laughs> and it, it, the joy was just multiplied. But I had asked Emma, you're going to beat on Santiago? Yes. <laughs> God turned that sadness that I had. You know, my wife didn't see it. And I explained to her, I said, I'm loving this.
0: Tell you what really strikes me about the life of Francisco Bravo and the time that we've spent together is this. Remember those bumper stickers that were do random acts of kindness? <laughs> that, that whole thing? Francisco doesn't do random acts of kindness, they are intentional acts of godliness. And that is one of the most powerful things a Christian can do in a world that needs intentional acts of godliness. And everybody can do that. If they're willing,
2: you just hit it on the nail. We were having dinner at a restaurant and we asked the server, Paolo, how's the T-bone steak? He says, I can't afford it. I've never said, you know, management should have let you taste it so that you could give us the answer. So I turned to Joanne. I said, we have to bless him. And that's a Kevin Miller move that I learned.
0: Changing someone's flat tire because it's flat. You and I did it. You see the flat tire, so we just go get another tire of
2: someone else's car. <laughs> So I'm I'm sharing with Joanne. I said, Uh. I just feel the Lord. Let's bless him. Paolo comes back to the table and we're like, we have this thought we want to share with you, Paolo. You're in on this dinner with us. Maybe you can't sit down, but we would like to buy you that T-bone steak. And he says, no, you don't have to do that. No, no, no. He's very reluctant. And then he starts sharing with us. Joanne asked, you know, do you have kids at home? Yeah. We went out and we ordered, sounded like we ordered one steak and we were all going to eat it. But the Kids ate it, of course, and not leaving dad anything. So, and I saw that it's like, oh, God reciprocated what he gave to his kids. Yeah. You know, so even within your own household, you can do acts of kindness. You don't have to go to Cuba or Guatemala, or you can do it here in your own home.
1: I love that story. And I think sometimes in our Christian walk, as we're trying to share, we could be too much like the waiter who thinks that we haven't had the T-bone steak to share. And what's so beautiful is. Is that, you know, a lot of what you talked about in the early parts of this episode was the internal, the internal man and not just doing the external. I just hope that people take away, hey, you're not the waiter who can't afford the steak. Like you have the whole restaurant with the Lord. His whole heart is offered to you, is available to you. Trust him. Take him at his word beyond yes. the emotion. And in the internal, no matter what the external is looking like, choose and decide to go after him and to Walk with him. I loved also what you said is to pay attention to what you have. If you have a can opener, I think mm. I'm going to name the episode Everybody Has a Can Opener. There you go. <laughs> oh. Pay attention to the little things, yeah. what you have. I think a lot of times we think of the big, huge stuff. This is how much I have in my bank account. This is my car. This is my house. This is my job, whatever. But even the little things like a can opener, pay attention to the Lord's leading and those things. The last thing is to keep going through any sadness that you might have with rejection or something not going well and the only reason you can do that I think is seen in your life is that you have that internal connection with God you're flowing from his heart connecting with his heart regularly that even though yes we have this human element of sadness oh my gosh that didn't go well that sucked but you're able to bounce back into okay God it's okay because the reason I'm doing it is because of our relationship because of I love you so much and I see how much you love me and I'm carrying that to the world and when you have that going whatever happens on the outside you're going to move through that even though we don't pretend like it didn't happen or didn't go well but we're able to move on to the next thing because of God's heart and because of our connection with him
2: things that come in our lives they're for our good we will use them at a later time if not today and sometimes we don't know what god is doing and why and why me what did i do wrong i remember for a while years ago i lived in my car not understanding what went wrong Never let me forget those moments so I could make the connection of what somebody else feels. And maybe that's part of why these things naturally just flow. And when
0: Kevin calls and asks Francisco, you just say yes. I'm very careful about asking Francisco. hey Francisco man you look great in that jacket I really like it and then it becomes my jacket
1: <laughs> well, this has been really great and I think there's even more takeaways our listeners are getting right now honestly you might need to listen to this one again and go back Yeah, meditate and receive you know some of those verses that Francisco you mentioned and different points and so thank you so much for coming and, yeah. and sharing with us thank you
0: you can hear the piece and so I hope that people really do set aside the time to really listen to what's going on. And to understand, I may have said this before, it may be right in front of you if you listen. You may be sent in a very different way than you expected.